DFS and betting podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in Friday, April twenty second here on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and betting podcast. We're one week away from the NFL draft, and I'm joined as always by Matthew. Please walk me off the ledge, Betts. Help me. What a time of the year, Kyle. We have so many things happening. It's it's silly season out there for the NFL draft. You've got rumors flying everywhere. You've got quarterbacks eating bananas with the peel on. You've got a potential top five talent in the draft dropping out of the top 10. I mean, it's wild. So um, I'm hopefully going to give some good advice on this show, but I would advise our listeners to embrace volatility over the next week or so as we look towards the NFL draft. And be ready for some surprises on, on night one of the NFL draft. I am definitely adjusting how I'm betting this thing this year because it feels like we say it every year, but this year especially, it just feels like we have no idea what's going to happen. You know, I would call you friend, co-host. Like, you know, there's there's lots of things that we could do. Today, I need you to be my therapist and walk me through I can do where that. things have gone wrong. Uh, but also, like, is there, you know me, you know what I'm like, Bets. you know that I'm contrarian. And is this one of those times where you say like, hey, your kids need to go to college, your family needs to eat? <laughs> is that the kind of conversation we're going to have today? I wish people could just get an insight every now and then of, of stuff Kyle will text me or sends me in Slack and my replies are always, I never think about it, I just reply. And he, just for, for everyone out there, he messaged me, this is probably about two days ago at this point, so like on Wednesday or Tuesday of this week, he had said, hey man, I saw this line for, for CJ Stroud. <laughs> and this is after, of course, Bryce Young is, you know, minus 1,500 or whatever to be the first pick. He's like, I think I'm going to bet it again. And I just said, without even thinking, I was like, Kyle, you have to put two kids through college. Like, just stop, buddy. Just stop. <laughs> My favorite line that you give, and you're consistent with this, is if I have a take that, like, sometimes you agree with me, but you just like jabbing, you'll just say, you're such a sicko. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> and what's funny is, like, half the time I agree with you, but I just like to play mind games and make you think that you don't know what you're doing at all. So um, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, you should try it out sometime. On this show, we'll be walking through the first round from a betting perspective, and then Bets and I will be giving our takes. You're going to get the raw... You know, we haven't seen each other's boards at all. We made sure we did a very in-depth algorithm uh we made sure that our print was in white and so you can't see it on the screen so that's that's it that's the only thing we did but uh we'll be walking through the first round giving some of our favorite takes i think you and i are going to say from a couple perspectives here's the betting favorite here's the betting values here's what i think is going to happen and then here's what i would personally bet so you know those might be different across the board and that's okay because there's things that you want to happen like your eagles at 10 my Falcons at eight. There's things that I want us to do. There's things that I think would be best from building a team perspective. There's things from a fan, there's things from betting. Like I could go four or five angles with the Falcons, and I know that it only ends in just very, very like dark a dark place. That's okay though, right? <laughs> as long as you know going in that that's what's going to happen, then yeah, you're set up for success. So we'll talk through that, and then we'll get into some mailbag questions, but. I've been getting these more and more from people. This is our quick question today because best ball is right around the corner. And people are asking, where are your ranks? Where are your best ball ranks? And that's exactly that's how they kind of, Yeah, the people just, that's how they whine about it. We personally wait in, ter in terms of the majority of our drafts. I've done a couple drafts. Bets has two. Jason does them in the office just to, you know, have fun, get, get a better picture of ADP. Right now, there's some super flex ones on underdog that I, I've done just for fun. But we personally do not give that advice because we want to wait until things shake out in the NFL draft. Like, it's hard for me to tell people, hey, draft B. John Robinson, who's going as the RB4 overall. Um, that, that, that's just hard for me to say, like, considering the landing spot, we don't know. So that's our personal opinion. But what would you say, just looking at ADP, doing some drafts before you and I put out our best ball primer in the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus... What is the biggest surprise to you in ADP? Yeah, this is one that might sound crazy in terms of, oh, bets, that's not that bad. 
sounds like a great value. Is Javante Williams coming off the board at RB28, which um, I feel proud of the people because initially he was RB20 about a month ago off the board, which was just ludicrous. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is I want people to be careful about taking players that they perceive as values because of injury. Every now and then, you're going to get this right. And uh, last last year was a great example of Chris Godwin. Everyone kind of really got worried, and we saw the trends you know, throughout the summer look really good. If you took him in the sixth, sometimes seventh round where he was dipping to, he was a great pick. I'm careful, and I'm, I'm being really cautious with Javante Williams coming off of not just the ACL, but the LCL and uh, a meniscus injury as well on top of it. So he has a very complex J.K. Dobbins-esque type of injury here. And his injury and the recovery associated with it is a shorter timeline than what J.K. Dobbins had. And we know how J.K. Dobbins responded off that. Everyone talked themselves into it. Well, it's fifth round J.K. Dobbins. Like, I have to take the chance. It's sixth round J.K. Dobbins. What a great value. One of the worst best ball picks of the year last year. And I think Javante Williams is setting up to be that this year, even as a perceived value, quote unquote, at RB28. I have taken exactly zero shares at this ADP. Is this one of those things where you know, you'd rather somebody else make the mistake. And if you're wrong, like, let's just say, like, you're not expecting him in year one to return to, you know, top 12, top 15 value. So you're saying like at that point at RB 28, like, I'm just going to let other people do that and, and bypass. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. So for me, I think it's shocking that Calvin Ridley is the wide receiver 17 while his teammate, Christian Kirk is down at wide receiver 26 there's a two-year age gap between these players, and Ridley is the older player. But I think we give people the benefit of the doubt a lot of times if they haven't played that they're just going to immediately return to this is what they were, like, you know, wide receiver four. That, that was four years ago with Calvin Ridley. So it's it's at the point now where I think it's crazy that he's going ahead of Kirk. I don't mind if they're close together if you want to take a stab. I'm just a lot lower on the Jaguars, and does that make me a hater? I mean, if people are in on them, then then obviously you're out. But what's funny is is what you talked about there with just thinking about, oh, he's immediately going to come back in and step in as the player we saw. And I can see the path where it does happen. Don't get me wrong. But the first name that I thought of in my mind was, remember everyone, Josh Gordon, year after year after year. And I'm not comparing their situations. Obviously, they're vastly different. But it's funny that that's what I thought of because, you know, I feel like Josh Gordon could sign with the team this year and people would be like, Remember what he did? Remember when he did that back in 2013 or whatever that was? So, yes, things change very quickly in the NFL. Yeah, there's there's something about optimism that we have for players that have just been off, uh, like, you know, for in this instance, suspended, uh, and we just think they're going to return. So wide receiver 17 is just a little too rich for me. I think there's other players with better upside that I'm going to swing with. And even Trevor Lawrence, you know, he's QB7, QB8 off the board. I think that's still a little higher than what I want considering what what else I can get there. So uh, you can get all of those, all of our ranks in the Ultimate Draft Kit Plus. That includes our Dynasty Pass access right now. And then over the summer, you and I get to build bets out the best ball primer or best ball rankings all the way into the season uh, with the DFS Pass. And hint, hint, got a couple of fun things coming to the DFS Pass this year. Some new things that Ooh. I think that people like. And... Um, if you want to use the promo code DFSPOD, you can actually save some money. Go to ultimatedraftkit.com. But if you're here, you're here to mock it up. The Fantasy Footballers Mock Draft. This is fun. And it can be fun. But the problem with mock drafting is there's usually zero accountability. So I want people just to come after us, right? I mean, that's the goal of this is to get trashed online is just to get completely canceled that at the end of the day, people go, how dumb are you for this take? But also with mock drafting, you have to separate what you want to happen, what we think should happen, what we would do if we were GM. So, I mean, if we were GM, we would make the best decisions, you know, because we get to look at this in hindsight, but no one's asking us to run a team. Can you imagine? <laughs> it would I be mean, a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and I know the way my heart works that I would go, this player is fun. He'll sell some tickets. I like him. And, you know, you'd have to separate those things. It's like, hey, if I was GM of the Chargers, Keenan Allen's my favorite player, but there's a point where it's like the dude's going to be 31. You know and what? they're going to be left. Four more years. Run it back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Fans love him. You know, he's an all-timer. So let's 
check you can check back in with us if you want after the NFL draft. Um, we do a footballer show this next week where we walk through the first round. The guys give their picks the landing spots. You and I will go through the first 15 picks, and then we'll go even further than that with some of our other takes of here's the favorite, here's our value, and then we will slowly reveal who uh, we selected. Let's see if there's anything the same. I would love it if we're just off. I felt like last year, I felt like we were pretty similar to start, right? We had a couple, like in the first five picks, I remember we were pretty close on three of them maybe, and then we kind of started to, to differentiate, which I think you're going to see in a lot of Mac drafts that you see across the industry this year especially. And I just want to say before we get started, my personal approach to this, like Kyle said, is not what I would do, is not what I you know, am reading in every mock draft. It's kind of putting the pieces together of like, here's what the general media is saying, here's what specific beat writers are saying, here's what the betting markets are saying, and I'm trying to kind of piece it together. I will also say... I have some things in here that are not considered the norm right now. And the reason for that is because I, everyone that you hear, Lance Zierlein, Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, the consensus around the bigger picture is this thing, if it does not go, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud is going to get weird very quickly. So I got a little weird today on the show, Kyle. I'm hopeful that uh, that it's fun and it provides value, I think. Yeah, and I'm I'm all about having fun. I know I always talk about being contrarian in a lot of ways. Like I want people to be able to look at the draft and have a measured approach, not just like, oh, this this is why we need to go this way if the crowd's going that way. Like there is a way to look at the picks and say, are there inefficiencies in the betting market? And I can't wait till we talk about uh Tyree Wilson, because that's a player that you and I just kind of hammered over and over and over again, saying, like, hey, I think this guy's gonna be a top ten. Hey, this guy's gonna be top five. Like I don't know. I feel really good about him being a top five pick. Spoiler alert, I have him in the top five. I'm assuming you do too. I do. Yeah, and the value you got on that while back was, what, plus 700, plus 800, and it's more volatile than you think. Like The the top five, the top 10 is more volatile than what people put out a month ago in their mock drafts. Then there kind of gets to be this group think, hive mentality. So I'm excited to walk through this, but I'm going to try to hit this drop as many times as possible. Maka laka ding dong. It's it's probably one of our best. It's so, great. at number one overall, the Carolina Panthers, it seems like there's only two picks on the board on DraftKings right now. Bryce Young is the betting favorite at minus 1,200. Uh, yesterday, he was minus 1,400 on FanDuel. Um, the values, I think, is still the only other value on the board of CJ Stroud, right? Like there's no other person you would ever give someone betting advice to, right? Yeah, and you know, the uh, the the beat reporters or the NFL Nation reporters at ESPN did a collaborative article and in there when they talked about Carolina, this is before all the Bryce Young stuff, they had said they're down to two guys, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. So, unless something crazy happens in the next 7 days, which it could, uh, it looks like one of those two guys is going to be the pick and it looks like one of those guys is going to be the pick. <laughs> so uh you can go first who you got yeah i'm not gonna get cute with this one i did have bryce young going to carolina here uh, following the betting odds you know we we caution that the odds are sometimes inflated not quite correct but when you see this massive of, of movement in the market and some of the quotes from you know their gm uh, ownership talking about how he fits and, and stuff like that there's lots of little notes and nuggets that you can pull from across the industry that say it's very likely Bryce Young is going to be the pick. I wouldn't be shocked if it's not. I just think right now, if you're making me do a mock draft one week out, to me, there's no reason to get different at the spot. Okay. So the phrase that I loved hearing you say is, it wouldn't shock me. But based on the line right now, you know, minus 1,200, minus 1,400, is the betting market saying that this is an absolute lock? It is. Okay. So what do you think your personal percentage is? You know, let's say the betting market puts it at 95%. Where are you at? Yeah, so there was a good question, actually. I just uh, catching up on some content from uh, one of our buddies, John Daigle, works with 4 for 4. He was doing a show with different reporters kind of from like around the industry, and he had someone on from Carolina, and he said, right now I would make it about 75-25, so probably around 75%. And, and that information in itself just tells me there's some inefficiency. So I'm not saying the likelihood is that Bryce Young will go number one. I will never tell someone to bet that at minus 1,400. Is that nope. what you're saying, too? No. So I have C.J. Stroud going number one, and let's go on a little uh, 
a little trail here, a little a little uh, rabbit trail here, bets because this is our show, right? We can have we fun. We can do what we want. Yeah, we can do what we want. Okay, so all, the the case for this is not so much like, you know, this is what's going to happen. Like if I like I said, the betting, I, I put it at like seventy five percent that it's that it's young, seventy five eighty percent. But that small of a chance still gives me room to bet him at plus nine hundred for you know throw a couple bucks. It's totally fine. But my question is, what have the Panthers said publicly? What has the media said? And let, so I've kind of gathered that together. This is my case, my evidence. And then I know we're going to go faster through the other picks. But this is, I mean, it, you said earlier, if Bryce Young doesn't go one, it changes the rest of the draft and it changes some other things. So Bryce Young going number one was due to a couple things. That line movement, what was that, like two weeks ago uh, when yeah, that started to happen? Yeah, about two weeks ago. That line movement was really from a couple of things. A Mortensen report on ESPN where he was just going through the first round as a mock draft and saying kind of this is what he thinks should happen. Not a this is what the Panthers said, correct? Correct. Next, we had an Adam Schefter tweet, which he's Shefty, so I get it. He moves the lines. He says, I continue to believe that Bryce Young will be a Carolina Panther. Okay. Has Shefty ever been wrong before? Not once. Kyle. <laughs> yes, occasionally. Yes, especially if you go back uh, that 2018 draft with all those quarterbacks. Like Sam Darnold was going to be the number one pick for a long time. It eventually moved to Baker, but there was some that was volatility. Like, that was like day of, by the way. Yes, yes. So, and even last year, right? Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, that changed within the what? The last three or four days before the draft. So, yep. I just want people to realize this isn't always a lock. Then there was a Tom Pelissero tweet that was kind of worded in a way that people just said this is a lock. But the tweet is really simple. Bryce Young has canceled his remaining pre-draft visits. Another sign that he will be the Panthers' number one pick. And then right below it says, oh, yeah, by the way, Young also visited with the Texans. So the that information told me he's going one or two. He was confirmed from those two teams that he's going one or two, that he feels good. That means that, to me, that information says the Texans saying, if you're there, we will take you. Is that how you took that? Kind of. I, I mean, I took that specifically that way, but then in the days after, we had a lot more information come out and like quotes from the GM about, you know, well, Russell Wilson was only this tall and he only had this many passes bad at the line. Well, Bryce Young only had two passes bad at the right. line. And then they talked about, you know, his weight and nutritionally what they can do. So I don't know, man. There's so much smoke to Bryce Young at number one that anything other than that just feels contrarian at this point okay so i pulled those quotes from gm scott fitterer just because like i said i went down a deep rabbit hole because i just wanted <laughs> what is the actual information we have to work with and i'm not trying to galaxy brand i'm just saying let me get this as opposed to this what this person said um and he said one the team has not communicated to young that he is the number one pick that was publicly said um, which could just be smoke um two he did say his lower body has gotten bigger he's naturally going to put on size that's something he can control we can help him with and then this this part of it was interesting, but we can't control the height. I thought that was an interesting thing to throw in there at the end. Like, hey, but he's short, and we can't do anything about that. Um, he did compare to Russell Wilson. Just remember, with Russell Wilson, what they use, like a you know third-round pick? Yep. So it, it's, it's a little different. They also didn't draft Wilson to be the starter, right? They had Matt Flynn and Wilson. I think he blew them out of the water that he would be that good. Um, sure. Yeah, definitely. Of, so... I, I'm with you. There's a, there's information that says he should go number one, and their owner has been linked to saying he's the guy we want. He went to Nick Saban's office, talked about Bryce Young. But what have the Panthers said? That's what I care. What do the Panthers? What has the Panthers actually said from their mouth? If let's just say this, if it is C.J. Stroud, this is very very smart of them to posture and leak info for Young because that only drives up the price for the Texans who really want him. Just saying, just just saying that. Um, Frank Reich, it seems like he's been linked more to C.J. Stroud. He's also never coached a, a quarterback under 6'4 when he was at the Colts. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. He had a bunch of quarterbacks to choose from, and they were all really tall guys. Just saying that. And then my favorite one is Josh McCown, their quarterback coach. You know, just the way he went over the moon for Stroud. All of that to say... They're not the ones that make the decision. It's probably going to be the owner. So if the owner's in love with Young 
and all every the coaching staff and they're split on it, then it's probably going to end up the owner. So that's why I lean that it's young. But there's enough there to say there's a gray area. Did I did I lay out my case? I think so, and I think it's justifiable and it makes sense. Now, in the next two three days, we can get different information, and this all is out the window, and it's like, oh, Bryce Young should be minus right. two thousand. Like For he's sure. definitely going there. But yeah, I think we're trending that way. Kyle's just saying right now there might be a small overcorrection in the betting market for that to happen. That's what I'm saying. I think it should be more like minus seven hundred, minus twelve hundred. Just feels like this is done. There's there's they basically said it, and they haven't actually said it. Um, yeah. And there's still there's still some room. So, um, yeah, you can poke holes in Stroud's game. You can poke holes in Young's. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's new Texans coach went to Alabama. Throw them that out there. Um, and actually, the Texans, did you know they don't use the C2 test? They no. were like asked about it, and they were like, yeah, we've, we've never used that. Only half the hmm. league does. So, Interesting. Uh, but, the, but the Panthers do. So anyway... Um, that was a long, we're not going to go that long in the other picks, but man, I just needed, that felt good for me to I'm glad. tell the I people. I can tell you prepared for that, by the way. Oh, that was my You're in the mirror statement. at home, just like talking, like, this is what I'm going to say to Betts and I'm going to stick it to him <laughs> about CJ Stroud. So if, uh, you have Bryce Young going one for the Texans at two right now, the betting favorite is Will Anderson at plus plus one fifty. Um, I think the betting values are Stroud or Bryce Young Stroud's at plus two eighty. Bryce Young at plus 950. Let's say you're just like me. You're just ballsy and you say, hey, I want to take CJ Stroud at one. You're just going to pair those two bets together. Oh, yeah. If, and- if you are going to throw a dart at Stroud, you should definitely bet Bryce Young too. And if you can parlay them, I don't know if you can on these sites. Like, oh my goodness. like Because if that happens, Bryce Young is going number two guaranteed. Yeah, you can do correct order on DraftKings. But um, yeah, plus 950 and plus 900 is just... It's just a fun bet. And like we said, we're not saying to put, you know, tons of money, but if you want to put like half a unit and have fun with it and root for it with me, go for it. All right. So who do you have at two for the Texans? <laughs> yeah, I've got Tyree Wilson going here at number two. I don't feel strong about it, truthfully. I do feel strong, and we've been kind of on this for a while, that we think Will Anderson is overvalued in the first defensive player market. And so I'm kind of fading that here with this pick. Leaning into Tyree Wilson just in the event that they don't take quarterback, which there is a lot of smoke. I don't know what's real and what's not, but there is consistent day after day after day bits of information saying that the Texans may not be sold on C.J. Stroud, which if they're not, that's fine. They could still go Will Levis. They could take an edge rusher here. You know, They can do a couple of different things. So I gave them Tyree Wilson here. Lance Earline's very plugged in with Houston. He had them uh, taking Wilson in his mock. In addition, Peter King also mentioned that this is probably a better scheme fit for D'Amico Ryans, who obviously is a defensive guy. So I gave him Tyree Wilson. I think he is, and the betting markets could agree, you know, he's going to be a top five pick is what they're telling us. So I gave uh, Houston Tyree Wilson here at number two. Yeah, you can bet it a couple way. Right now he's plus 180 to be the first defensive player selected um, or plus 250 to be drafted by the Texans. So I think those you can definitely go there if you want. The top five one was that we one we gave out two weeks ago. And that one just looks so great right now. Um, his odds, just for those uh, scoring at home, his odds to go top five is even money. That's amazing. That's 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 a good closing line. Um, so if I have Stroud going one, you you could assume I got Bryce Young going two. That's like the only logical way that you can build if you have Stroud, um, yep. in my opinion. And so, like I said, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but if Stroud goes there, and uh, then I'll pair those two bets together and make some money. If not, I'm out a little bit. But uh, went back with Tyree Wilson. So uh, the Cardinals, you and I are not doing trades because I think it's a fool's errand. And I wrote an article about it. Nobody's good at predicting it. We think the Cardinals are a great spot. And for a while, it was the betting favorite of just, hey, they're going to trade out. But if they stay there, Will Anderson is currently the betting favorite at plus 250. Uh, I think Tyree Wilson at plus 500 is a great you know, fit here too. But you already have Tyree off the board. So who do you have for the Cardinals? Yeah, I kind of went with the chalk here. I did give them Will Anderson uh, at number three. And I will say for a while, the betting markets had told us they're going to trade out, right? Because like it was Anthony Richardson was the favorite. Then Will Levis was like the second favorite to be this pick. And then in the last week, things have changed where there's a consistent drumbeat that, hey, the quarterbacks might be a little overvalued in this draft. So the Cardinals might not be able to trade back, even though that's their plan. We had that. I don't know if it's a leak of information or what you would call it with Schefter saying there's six teams interested. I've heard that it's actually closer to like two or three teams that are interested. 
So the general thought process is Carolina, or excuse me, uh, Arizona might just be stuck at number three. And if they are, they take best player available. And I think with that team, you could argue they could take a bunch of different guys. So it's just whoever they have highest on their board. I followed the betting markets here, went with Will Anderson out of Alabama. Yeah, I did the same where I feel like we're at the point now where betting wise, I wouldn't I wouldn't put this out there. I wouldn't bet plus two fifty um on Anderson because it's moved so much. So if there's other values, like I said, Tyree Wilson at plus five hundred, but I put Will Anderson as well. It seems like that's how the board would fall if they stay there. And my opinion is that the Colts at four feel comfortable where they're at. Like they can, they've been linked for a long time. Like, oh, we can move up. I think they've gotten to the point where they know the Cardinals can just keep the pick and they don't have to worry about it. And there's been steam that the Texans don't have to take a quarterback either. So it's possible that CJ Stroud uh, is there or any of the other quarterbacks they want to pick from. So uh, the Colts, right now, the betting favorite is Will Levis at plus 165. Does that shock you? So this is the part of the NFL draft that's so difficult to wrap your head around is that it baffles me that the NFL is this high on Will Levis, but I'm not an NFL evaluator of talent. So what do I know, right? But the trend has been so strong that Will Levis is their guy. There was multiple pieces of it. Peter Schreger's talking about it. There was an ESPN article talking about it, you know, and Lance Zierlein on the Twitter, which he's, he's great at follow, by the way, because he gives you a lot of information in his replies. He's actually someone that will reply to the tweets and what he replies, like, they're actually kind of useful right. bits of information. And someone asked, you know, who's who's Indy's guy? And his response was, uh, the one with the most lean muscle mass, which I thought was hilarious. I'm reading that to be Will Levis. And so it all kind of lines up. This, to me, feels like Zach Wilson 2.0, where the general public is like, how could you be that high on Zach Wilson? But it takes one team. And if they've fallen in love with him, then it makes sense. And, and I can see the path. This is what's so hard for me. Because my logical side would say if I was on a, you know, I was part of an organization, let's just say I'm not the GM, but I'm like part of the scouting department. I, I'm in on the decisions. I'm at the table. I would think that the GM, the owner would basically say, do not talk to anyone about who we like. Don't, don't say anything. When you're that far down the board and teams can jump ahead of you, how does it profit you to say, we really like this player? That, that that still baffles me. And I'm not saying things can't leak out or there's other conversations and the media is good at their job. They're going to find out some stuff. But it just seems crazy to me. I, I guess I like the mind games. Like that's what I would be doing is, you know, do, but maybe I'm reading too far. Maybe they're not that smart. Uh, so you have, you have Will Levis here. I have Anthony Richardson. And I think it's probably going to be one of those two. Their visits um, have been quarterbacks. So I think that's pretty clear. You're saying you wouldn't take Levis here um, at I, all. If it like was if you, my personal, if my yes. choice to draft him, no, I would not. Yes. And we talked and about that on betting. the Dynasty show this week, so you can go back and check that one out. <laughs> and you're not betting this at all. No, I'm not. And the reason is that I can see a path where one of these quarterbacks is going to fall. Obviously, we think Bryce Young's a top two pick. We think there's a chance C.J. Stroud is still a top you know, four or five pick. So to me, I've kind of said to myself, I think there's a decent chance one of these quarterbacks is falling outside of the top five. I think there's a somewhat decent chance one of them falls out of the top 10. And Lance Zierlein on Twitter said, there's a good chance that one of these quarterbacks might fall into the 20s. No one should be surprised by that. I don't know which yeah. one that is, but it seems like the quarterbacks are overdrafted or overmocked here. So I right now would be hesitant to buy into the favorite in any of these positions. Yeah, and I admit my own bias against Levis, against you know what kind of player he is. I wasn't super kind on the podcast. His rookie profile article, I wasn't super kind. You were pretty down on him, um, but we're not the ones making decisions on it. So uh, I do like just from a fit because Shane Steichen was so successful with Jalen Hurts. Like he wants someone with mobile ability that he can kind of mold and make into something incredible. So I have Anthony Richardson there. And it pains me to look at your board and see that C.J. Stroud is not even in the top four. That's okay. Uh, let's do one more uh, right here. The Seattle Seahawks. The betting favorite is Will Anderson. And uh, Will Anderson's actually the betting favorite to go two, three, and five. Obviously not going to all of them. <laughs> I like the value of Jalen Carter at plus 400. But uh, I think I'm leaning towards defense here. Yeah, and that's kind of been the general thought process is that this pick is likely to be 
someone on the interior. But I went a little bit off the board here with this pick. And I gave them Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois. This is probably the earliest that I've actually seen him mocked. But I keep referencing this kind of ESPN Plus article with some of the insiders. Matt Miller does a great job covering the NFL and the scouting process. He threw in there like, you know, these guys are likely to be the targets. You know, Will Anderson, if he's there, I, I think he's off the board, no questions. If he's there, I think he's the pick. Jalen Carter, we know the off-the-field stuff. And I've kind of gone back and forth on this. Seattle has been willing to draft these types of players in the past, but they've also been burned by them. And last year, they kind of swip, you know, switched their process, going with high-character guys, high-work ethic guys, and their rookies hit last year. So maybe they say, we're staying away from those types of guys. I don't know. But in that same article, he said, I'm just going to float this out there. They absolutely love Devin Witherspoon. So he's one of my favorite kind of like sneaky odds to be the fifth pick sort of bets. If you just want to throw a few bucks on, I think it's plus uh, 1,000 was the odds there. He's also the favorite in the cornerback market to be the first one off the board. So I gave them Devin Witherspoon. It's a very contrarian take. I'm not sure how likely it is, but for this exercise, I went with it. Yeah, right now he's plus 800. So it's moved a little bit to be a top five pick. I think if there's an outside shot, um, that him or Christian Gonzalez like get there. Uh, the Seahawks right now plus six hundred to take a cornerback is fine, uh, but the odds are minus two fifty for a defensive lineman or an edge. So I have Tyree Wilson. He's kind of the leftover from you know the defensive player, and I think he'll go in the top five. So uh, right now, you know we have some similarities. We kind of get the process, but before we go any further, let's take a quick break. <laughs> All right, we're back with Guns Mahoney, your boy Dan Campbell, the Lions, your Lions, not mine. And cornerback is the betting favor right now at minus 150. Uh, you can go Witherspoon at minus 120, Christian Gonzalez at plus 350. But I think they're also a dark horse to take a quarterback. If you just wanted to take that, you took that earlier. Um, so quarterback is plus 700. If you're saying that they love Richardson or they love Levis, I mean, Levis to go to the Lions is plus 3,000. I don't think that's crazy to take at that odds. I personally don't have that, but uh, that's where I'm at. So who are you taking here? Yeah, I, oh my gosh, I forgot we had that ticket. Anthony Richardson to be drafted by the, it's the Lions at 1,200 or the Raiders at 1,500. Correct. Oh, baby. All right, I just got really excited. Hopefully that happens. But for this exercise with Detroit, I actually gave them Christian Gonzalez. You know, corner is just a massive need for this team. They signed a couple of guys in free agency, but a lot of them are on one-year deals. And so when you look past this season, it's a big hole to fill. And if you've played DFS, if you played fantasy football at all this past year, we were targeting the Detroit Lions secondary for obvious reasons. So I gave them Christian Gonzalez here. He's also a guy that Peter Schreger has talked about going way higher than anyone expects. Top 10 almost seems like a lock. His under 8.5 is something that I took earlier this week. Seems to be trending as a top 10 pick, no doubt about it. So gave them Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. I am lockstep with you. I have Chris Gonzalez as well. I loved the under eight and a half that you took. And so this is where I have, you know, this spot. And then I have another cornerback. The next pick, the Raiders, uh, is Devon Witherspoon. So I took him there. And Chris Gonzalez is currently the betting favorite. I also could see them do offensive tackle. But I just saw your pick, and that is shaking things up on the board. Yeah, so this is kind of where I decided to, I don't want to say galaxy brain a bit, but just not overreact to what has not just happened, but also remember what happened three, four, five, six weeks ago, whenever this was. The Raiders tried to trade for the first pick in the draft. They were unsuccessful because, you know, Carolina outbid them or gave a better offer. They went up and got him. What if they tried to go up and get CJ Stroud? What if he was their top player on the board? I don't know if it was him. I don't know if it was Bryce Young, Richardson. I don't know. But in this exercise, CJ Stroud is still on the board. Everything that you hear right now in the media is negative, and I don't know what's truth to that or smokescreen or what, but if he's the quarterback that falls outside of the top five that we're shocked about, he's sitting there in their laps. Do they not take him? Jimmy Garoppolo's deal is not anything that they are tied to for multiple years. You know, they can get out after this year if they really want to. So I gave him CJ Shroud. It's a very contrarian take, and I get why you wouldn't do this, but in this exercise, like I said, he's still on the board, so why not? It would be intriguing, but once again, I'm going to hit it again. That it would be, that would be dirty. That would be a dirty, dirty pick. <laughs> yeah. Th so let me just say this about Stroud. I know I've talked about him a lot, but like, 
there's been an onslaught in really the last three or four days of just poo-pooing all over him from like so many different angles. Do you take that as just people are poking holes because, you know, a month ago they were saying great things about him and there was this pro day, Ohio State. And are you taking this as just, this is just the media like rebounding from Bryce Young being the guy or, or do you think that some teams might be leaking stuff to see him fall? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's hard to say. It just feels like we always get to this point in the process every year where we just need this thing to get here. Like people got to stop talking. They have nothing else to talk about. And I think a lot of the stuff out there right now that's quote unquote negative or being perceived as negative about Stroud, um, I don't know how much I buy it. This next one, we're at eight. <sighs> it's the Falcons. And right now the betting odds are for them to take a defensive lineman or an edge minus 135. And then running back, or you could just, you know, rephrase that if you want. Like running, I don't even know why they put running back position as their first pick. It's just. It's the Bijan minute. Yeah. So this is the spot for Bijan. Is there any chance you see Bijan go to any team before this? I mean, never say never because it's the NFL draft, but I would be very, very, very surprised. I would be shocked. Now, I'm less shocked about the Falcons and where they're at. The odds-on favorite for this pick are Bijan Robinson and Nolan Smith out of Georgia, local boy, uh, at plus 250 on FanDuel. So that's kind of where things are at. It's like, is it one of those two guys? Um, there's been some steam for Lucas Van Ness. So who do you have the Dirty Birds, my boys, taking? Yes, I've got them taking Nolan Smith, Georgia boy. So he's local, stays home, and goes to Atlanta. I get the Bijan stuff. I really do. It makes a ton of sense. But this team was dead last in back-to-back -back seasons in sack rate. That is very hard to do. <laughs> they need talent. They need to get after the quarterback. They need to pressure the quarterback. So I gave him Nolan Smith, another guy that's just been rising up draft boards like crazy. People are calling him a top 10 pick. His under 13 and a half is like minus 250. So this feels like the range where he could go somewhere in this 8 to 12 range. So I gave them Nolan Smith out of Georgia. I did as well, and this was hard just from being a fan of, like, this is what we need, and you are dead on. Like, the pass rush for the Falcons has been non-existent, and I just want to say for a very long time. Like, I don't know if you remember when we took Vic Beasley way back in the day out of Clemson, and he had, like, one huge sack year, but that dude got pushed around the field so much. It was a very fluky year, and it's not been good since in terms of pass rush. We've had one defensive player that we've hit on in the last decade. It's Grady Jarrett, who's awesome, like a, a annual pro bowler. But yes, we need help with defensive line. I'm going to stop saying we, but betting wise, <laughs> I wish Nolan Smith, I wish you could have gotten odds because I want to say two weeks ago, I wouldn't say that you said he's going to the Falcons, but you did say, man, he looks like a top 10 pick and there were no odds put out there. Right now, his odds to go in the top 10 are plus 150. After he was being mocked like 16, 17, 18, like that's where he was for a while. So I wish we could have gotten those odds a while back, but Nolan Smith is the pick. Next up is the Bears at nine. Jalen Carter is the current favorite at plus 250 and Peter Skaronsky, your boy from Northwestern, the offensive tackle. So where do you see the Bears? Yeah, this is one that I felt really torn about, and I actually switched this multiple times between yesterday and today, but I did give them uh, Peter Skronsky, the, I guess we'll call him a guard, but he might play tackle in the NFL. Just one of those guys that I think the consensus is this guy is a really good football player, and the overall thought process on this class is there's not a lot of great first-round talents that are actually going to go in the first round. He is one of them, and so I said, okay, the Bears show up the offensive line with Skronsky. I don't feel great about it. Because it could be Paris Johnson, it could be Skronsky, it could be Darnell Wright, for all we know, or it could very well be Jalen Carter, who has gotten a ton of steam to the Bears. So I understand that pick, but I went with uh, the offensive lineman. Yeah, these two picks on our board, we've kind of have flip-flops. So I have the Bears taking Jalen Carter, and then I have the Eagles taking Peter Skronsky, and you have vice versa. You have Skronsky, the Bears, Jalen Carter to the Eagles, um, with uh, in the middle with his boy Jordan Davis, which would be incredible and really fun to root for as someone from Georgia. Um, the news that we've been getting out of Jalen Carter is that he's not going to fall out of the top 10. Do you believe that news? I do. Yeah. I think we, we tend to see like the out the field stuff have a major impact on the markets and then three, four weeks go by and then they kind of settle down and then we go back the other direction where it seems like it's all been sorted out and he's apparently, I don't evaluate defensive line talent, but apparently he is the best player in the draft is what you'll hear. 
So if that's the case, I think that the off-field concerns are mitigated a little bit, and I still think he goes top 10. Yeah, I, so I wonder with the Bears, you know, they were the number one pick, traded down. I wonder if offensive tackle is one of those things where they they saw the need, they knew they weren't going to take him that high, they weren't going to take a quarterback, and so they just moved down knowing in that spot, like, hey, there's one or two tackles that are going to be available. So I think it was smart maneuvering. It was a great trade for the Bears. Um, last thing I'll say is, are you betting this for your Eagles at all? Like, are you betting this pick in any market from a fan perspective or just, hey, this is this is what I think would be a good value here? So I, I looked at this of two different directions. The first is... Um, and actually kind of funny that this happened yesterday, but Daniel Jeremiah did a, a Reddit AMA, <laughs> which got major steam from nerds like us who are interested in betting on this. And someone went in there and was talking about B. John Robinson to the Eagles. And, and he said, you know, I, I understand why you would want that to happen. He said, but previously working there, I'm telling you it's not going to happen, which of course now we think it's, it's going to happen. But I'm taking that to say like, he's got pretty good intel, like Bijan's off the board or he's not the pick. So if you remove a player from the team to draft, you know, Jalen Carter or team to draft Bijan or whatever, the Eagles' choices become very thin. It's one of these offensive linemen, they trade back, or it's Jalen Carter. And there was two sources that kind of had said, Jalen Carter makes a ton of sense. Lance Zierlein and Adam Schefter was on radio yesterday. Schefter was talking about, you know, there's off-the-field concerns. But if there's one guy that he views as a mentor, it's Jalen Carter. Last year, they took, or excuse me, it's um, Jordan Davis. They took Jordan Davis last year. They took N'Kobe Dean last year. Pair him with his teammates. Maybe he gets his work ethic back. And if you think about a head coach and a GM whose jobs are secure for two, three, four seasons, that's the Eagles front office after they made the run to the Super Bowl. So why not take a chance? I think at 6-1, to one, it's plus 600 to draft Jalen Carter. The Eagles are a pretty good bet. You know, there's there's a lot of bias when you start to connect the dots of certain players. Like, oh, they went to college together. But I feel like over the last couple of years, it's worked. It's like truly worked when you get players that know each other from really good programs, you know, like Alabama or Georgia. And you think about like where they've had success, the Eagles. It's like, hey, let's get Jalen Hurts, who's at Alabama, then Oklahoma. Let's get Devonta Smith, Heisman winner. Let's get uh, A.J. Brown from Ole Miss. Like, they're, I mean, they're just great players. So Jalen Carter would be awesome. We've gone through the first 10 picks, and that means I just need to hit this drop again. Maka-laka-ding-dong. Just, you know, to wake people up. Or if they're mowing the lawn, if if you're mowing the lawn, (laughs) here's what I need you to do. I need you to stop what you're doing and just yell. Maka-laka-ding-dong. And maybe someone will like it, or maybe it'll throw your significant other off. All right. (laughs) 11. It's the Titans. This is another interesting point in the draft because the Titans have been linked to trade up which we're not doing in this process. And the betting favorite is offensive line, which is just slightly at minus 110, or quarterback at plus 150. Those are the positions we went here, but I think you and I would say the Titans are like one of the clear trade-ups available um, at this pick. And I also just need an aside that the Titans have been so bad at drafting <laughs> over the last like five, six years. Like really bad. Been great. It has not been great. The Titans and Raiders, if you just want to do an exercise, the Raiders look like the last 10 years and then just see how John Gruden just farted all over that team too. <laughs> but the Titans have like just wasted their picks over and over again. A couple years ago was Isaiah Wilson who's like, eh, I don't really want to play football anymore. Uh, you'd think they want to talk to them before that. They've whiffed on some other picks, defensive line. Uh, they did kill it with Jeffrey Simmons, but like free agency, they, they haven't done well. Ryan Tannehill is at the end of his contract. Malik Willis... I mean, that's a giant fart. So you have Anthony Richardson here as like a, he's going to wait behind Ryan Tannehill and kind of be the next wave when he, uh, you know, his contract expires. Is that your thought? Truthfully, I didn't know where to put him. In in how I had this draft unfold, I was like, man, I guess, I guess to me, Anthony Richardson's the guy that, that might fall. And I could absolutely see that happening. Um, so I, I gave him, you know, to Tennessee. Obviously, they need a quarterback. They take another shot after the whiff on Malik Willis last year, and you mentioned the Ryan Tannehill contract situation, so that makes a ton of sense. They're also a team I could see taking an offensive lineman, which I'll let you talk to that too. I had that in my first mock for this team, and I could see them being one of those candidates to trade back up and take a Hendon Hooker like late in the first or something like that. So I have them taking Anthony Richardson. I don't have a lot of confidence in it, truthfully. The Titans haven't gotten tackle right in a long time. 
You know, they, they've they've had players that like people talk about all the time. Like, you know, they had Conklin, they had uh, you know Taylor Lewan, but since they've tried to address that position, they just haven't done it. So I have Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. I think you and I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first tackle. I think that's what we originally bet. Uh, but he's, I think Paris Johnson feels like a locked in top fifteen pick, especially because I have offensive uh, tackle taken at a couple of these other spots. So if you can find Paris Johnson, um, his over under, like I, I, I would probably put it, you know, somewhere around thirteen and a half, and I would take the under. I think he's a solid bet to go here. But I think the Titans, if they're not in love with Richardson, they don't have to take quarterback here. And so I'm going to lean into Paris Johnson. Next one's the Houston Texans at 12. A lot of people have this pick here the same. Let's see if you and I have the same. Oh, you got it. Okay. I get I it. Don't have, I don't have the same as you. <laughs> you don't have the same because Jackson Smith and Jigba is kind of like the pick to go here. And right now his over under is at 12 and a half. The over is at minus 275. So that's what I'm leading into. And also just like, hey, he's gone here a little too often. Um, I like the spot I have for him. I'll show you in a second, but um, any takes on this? Yeah, I'm with you in that. It kind of feels like a silly pick because everyone's doing it and we know when that happens. It's not usually right. That said, when I look at kind of the the range for Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's apparently the only guy that a lot of teams have a first you know round grade on. And I said with Houston, look, they missed out on quarterbacks in this exercise, which just seems silly. And I'm not sure how likely that is to happen. Maybe they trade back up and get someone that falls. But in this exercise, I did give them JSN, just kind of a best player available type of approach. But I agree with you. The over 12 and a half being juiced so far the way that it is does feel like he's a candidate to maybe go later than what we think, later than what we want. So I don't feel strong about it. Not something I would be betting by any means. I have a little, little different take here. I have them taking Lucas Van Ness, the edge out of Iowa. I think he could go as high as like nine or 10. Yeah. Like it wouldn't I shock so me if he, was an, if he was an Eagle. Would you be happy if he was an Eagle? I think so. I mean, the, the reason is because like their picks are never like super exciting in when they take these offensive linemen or these defensive linemen where you're like, okay, solid pick. Let's see what happens. But, but like, I don't know enough about them as players. Whereas like when they took um, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, I was so mad. <laughs> you can't, you're not going to buy the Jersey of Lucas Van Ness. Like probably you, not. You, yeah. But like, no, you know, if, if Bijan goes to the Falcons or the Eagles, we're buying the Jersey. Like, that, Oh this, yes, sir. <laughs> I feel bad for Tyler Algier if that happens. Uh, so I have Lucas Van Ness there. It's still JSN is the favorite. His uh, odds, Houston to draft him is plus 450, but it's still not strong enough in my opinion. I think a lot of people are also making a connection. If Stroud goes two, they'll get his college teammate. That could be fun. Um, but also, just, just another connection here, if they have Bryce Young at two, they have his teammate John Mechie already on the team as well. Just, you know, just connecting the dots. That's what I do. No one's talking about that. No, no one is talking about that, but... Watch this. Watch the lines move. Plus nine fifty to Brett to bet Bryce Young at two. <laughs> Do it and probably burn your money. All right, couple more here. Uh, the Jets at thirteen. Offensive line is pretty heavy as a favorite at minus three hundred. Defensive line. So we both went for offensive line here. Yep, you gave him Broderick Jones. I gave him Paris Johnson. Simply put, if Johnson goes higher than this, I will not be surprised whatsoever. But because he was left on the board. Their odds seem very, very likely to draft offensive line. Joe Douglas has been a guy that has invested in the trenches frequently in his first round. So follow that trend, follow the betting markets. Paris Johnson was the best player on the board. Yep. I took offensive lineman Broderick Jones. His line is at 13 and a half. So it's pretty much right there. Uh, the odds are pretty close. So I, I think it's a pretty simple pick. I do want to give a value pick here. Uh, tight end is at plus 5,000. So I think it's a little early, but I think that's a crazy value for a player that Michael. We're starting to get into Michael Mayer territory, in my opinion, for some of these teams like the Packers coming up, um, the Commanders, where he's being mocked. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I just thought that was an odd value for where you know we're getting. So we both have offensive linemen. The Patriots is a really fun pick, by the way. At 14, they've been linked to so many different people. It was Bijan for a while. It was wide receiver. Uh, right now, wide receiver is the current betting favorite at plus 200. And one of my current favorite values right now 
is for them to take a quarterback at plus 2,500. Do you think I was crazy when I sent that to you? Uh, no, because I actually already saw the news this morning that they apparently oh, okay, decided okay. to sneak in one last visit with Will Levis. I mean, I mean, it, it's it's just one of those things. I, it's nasty. I get it. But this is what I sent bets this morning. I said, yesterday I bet Patriots to select a quarterback at plus 2,500 and then Patriots to take Will Levis, okay, at plus 3,400. And then I saw that news and I just said, free money. But also I probably <laughs> lost it. But still, it would be a really fun payout. If if Will Levis falls, this is one of those teams I think could surprise. And we've only gotten really bad news about Mac Jones. Like really bad news uh, with yeah. that team. So uh, that being said, who do you have here for the Patriots? So I have them taking Darnell Wright, an offensive lineman, offensive tackle. He is a guy who has been screaming up draft boards. As in a while ago, it was like, maybe he won't be a first-round pick. We'll see to, oh, he could probably go top 20 to now there's a lot of steam that he actually has a chance to be the first uh, player taken, uh, offensive lineman taken. I don't know how much I believe that, but there is a lot of steam on that. And his under 15 and a half is like minus 250 or something like that on FanDuel is where I saw it. So I gave them an offensive lineman here. You know, they are a team that could go any direction, and I would not be surprised. Like you said, wide receiver cornerback is is in discussion offensive line defensive line heck there was even a report yesterday that like don't watch out for Bijan robinson <laughs> to the patriots so no one knows what's happening <laughs> with the patriots which i absolutely love so gave them an offensive lineman here you've been pretty harsh on them like i, I like usually you are much more reserved i'm a little bit just like i ah, you know this team stinks you've been pretty harsh about the patriots this offseason they have not, not been good. They don't have a good roster. They have no talent in the secondary. They have arguably the worst wide receiver room in the NFL. They overpaid for John Smith and Hunter Henry and Nelson freaking Aguilar. <laughs> so, yeah, it hasn't been great in the last couple of years since Tom Brady left. Not good. Not good at all. Um, okay, so I have JSN here. And I don't know if that's a hot take, but wide receivers currently, they're like highest or their best odds on FanDuel plus 200. And... The Patriots to draft JSN is plus 500. So I think it's there. I think cornerback is also here where you can get one of those cornerbacks to get steamed up. But I think JSN would be a fun pick for them. And I wouldn't say the Patriots have been a very fun team. My only thing is, is that JSN and Juju have a lot, a lot of similarities in their game. They also have that hyphen in their name. So who knows? Um, nice little rhyme there, by the way. I, you know, I, I've been a... English teacher, you know, a writer, a poet, um, lots of different things. A scholar. A scholar, some would say a father, <laughs> um, a husband. So, Patriots here, and then the Packers at 15. It's where we're going to go, and then we'll give some other takes. The Packers at 15. Last year, the Packers were the team that said, everyone, oh, they're going to take a wide receiver in the first round. They had two first-round picks. They didn't do it. Who do you have for them this year with defensive line as their favorite? Ooh, we, we, we're similar here. Yeah, we're not just similar, Kyle. The exact same pick. I have them taking Miles Murphy, uh, an edge player, to get some pass rush. They could go any number of directions. But what I've heard from around kind of the NFL community is that he's like a perfect fit for their scheme. Doesn't mean he'll go there, but just kind of reading into uh, this player's caliber and kind of where he might go in the draft, this feels like the sweet spot. So Miles Murphy out of Clemson is the pick, but I would not be surprised if it is a tight end or if JSN is, is still on the board, if he's the pick. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to run through the over-unders of just probably the most popular players. Quickly, what I want you to do, this is a rapid fire, is your quick take and then would you bet it? Okay, so not like All saying right. like, here's what I think, but just uh, Will Anderson, the under is at three and a half uh, at minus 140. I would not bet that. Anthony Richardson, four and a half is this line. The over is minus 300. I'd be really worried about laying that juice. It just takes one team to come up and get him. That said, I do think he falls outside of the top five. Yeah, and I've met the Colts, so I wouldn't be betting this at all. Jalen Carter, his line's at six and a half. The over's minus 130. So this one's tricky because, you know, Seattle's there, Detroit's there. They could take him, so I would not bet it. But I feel like his sweet spot is probably pick six to ten is kind of what I've seen. So it's too close to me. It's it's a good line. Uh, the cornerbacks, Devon Witherspoon, his line's at 7.5. The under is minus 200. 
No, I don't think it's... I mean, I do think he's a top 10 player, but there's also a chance that he might fall a little bit in this draft if Christian Gonzalez goes up, if the quarterbacks are end up taking. So I, I wouldn't touch that one either. Christian Gonzalez is at eight and a half. I don't mind taking the under right now. It's at minus 145. Like I think I we I have him at six. Um, I think it's totally fine if he goes there. So I don't mind betting that still. If you get top 10 odds for Christian Gonzalez at plus money, that's even better. Um, Paris Johnson, offensive tackle, his line's at nine and a half. The over's minus 150. So we've seen a ton of movement in the market actually for him. It went back and forth. We took Paris Johnson, I think it was like minus 125 or something like that, to be the first offensive lineman taken about a month ago. Then it looked like Skronsky got some steam, but now it's minus 175 for Johnson to be the first uh, offensive lineman taken. So I don't know that I would necessarily want to go against that market because what you're saying in that is that you say he goes at pick 10 or later, and there's a real chance he goes at 9. I've seen some mocks where he's at 7 to the Raiders, so I would stay away from the over 9.5 personally. Jackson Smith and Jigba, 12 and a half. So what I would do is I would probably use that line like we did today a little bit and and think about what teams are picking shortly after and just throwing a dart maybe at one of those that makes sense. The Packers, I think, were 5 to 1 plus 500. The Patriots you had in your mock, I think they were also uh, 5 to 1, same odds. And actually Lance Zerline on Twitter said he feels like the range for JSN is in this 12 to 15 range. So I think that makes sense. You're getting better odds to just play it differently than taking the over. And then these last two, I know we have some strong opinions. Joey Porter Jr., JPJ, uh, his line was at 16 and a half, and I believe you took the over earlier. So I was going to, but then the market moved insanely, which like it was minus 200, now it's minus 275. Washington has been really strongly connected to him, and the reason that this line is there is because Washington is 16, and the Steelers, who his dad played for, is at 17, so it makes a lot of sense. But on other books, he's under 19 and a half at like minus 150, so he does feel like that sweet spot that can go pick 16 to 19. I don't have a great read on it. I will say, however, that Zerline has said, don't be surprised if Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland, goes before Joey Porter Jr. So I actually don't mind playing an over 19 and a half as a contrarian way if you're going to get really good odds on it, like plus 150, plus 200. To me, that is a, a decent uh, opportunity. I almost gave a hot take for Deontay Banks to go to the Patriots at 14. Uh, cornerbacks plus 250. Uh, he, so he was somebody that I, I had in my mock ahead of JPJ. So we'll we'll see. Uh, and then the last one, your boy Zay Flowers. I'll just say that I took the over a while back. I still, I'm not betting it, but man, 22 and a half. The over right now is plus 150. I don't mind it. Yeah, I would not be, I mean, minus 200. I don't, don't have that level of confidence that he's going to go in the top 22 pick. So yeah, I would take the over there if it was me personally. All right, one more segment. Mailbag. You can get your questions answered the best on Discord, in our DFS, in our props channel, best ball channels. Uh, people are always hopping in. This first one's from Jake. What player who is predicted to go in the first round has the highest chance of falling to the second? So, you know, it's it's easy to look at certain players that are on the fringe, um, you know, back of the first round and say, oh, they're going to fall. But, like, Give me somebody bets that you think most people think they're going to go top 20 and you're saying, hey, I think they can fall. Yeah, the trend for Quentin Johnston has been pretty negative, actually, over the last two weeks. He was a guy that seemed like one of those top 15-ish type of guys, then top 20, and then recently is like, well, well, maybe the Chiefs will take him at 31 or maybe not. So he's a guy that's been falling, and I think the general consensus is that the wide receivers in this draft might fall further than you think. And a lot of teams seem to have it like JSN, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison as the three. I wouldn't be surprised if it's only three guys, but the betting markets are like under a four and a half, but it's like minus 600. So I think there's a chance Quentin Johnson falls out of the first. I'm going to just say there's going to be one of the tight ends for a while. There were three, even four tight ends mocked in the first round. And that's just crazy to me. The line has moved, which is rare. It's moved to two flat. On uh, DraftKings, the over is minus 450. So could I see three tight ends? Yes, but I think that there's a possibility that between Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, they fall and they become a second-round pick. Um, we gave our thoughts on the Dynasty podcast about both those players. Washington, a team might fall in love with him, and if he falls to the right place like the Bengals, um, I think he could be fun, but his production profile is just trash. When someone can't com command targets and they're the backup tight end on their own team, 
that scares me, but he also scares me because he's 6'7", 260. Because he's Gigantor 2.0. Yes, because I think he could beat both of us up at the same time. Eh, maybe. We're feisty. That's true. Uh, next one is from Fair, Kind, Honest Commish on Discord. Should one lay prop bets with a standard wager amount, like $25, or vary the uh, the amount that they bet? Obviously, this is less achievable when you have better odds, but what what is y'all's process? Yeah, so for me, I'm lowering my unit number on all these bets just because this is an information market, and so there's a lot of volatility to it. Um, and even, like, you know, this question asked about long shot odds. If I'm going to bet one of these long shot odds, I'm still going to play something less than I normally would. So for me, I'd say in general, just be more cautious with something. Um, I've definitely dialed back the amount that I'm betting this year. Yeah, there's only been two bets so far this season where I've said, like, I've doubled my unit because I felt so confident in it. Um, and I usually don't do that. There's only a couple of those every year that I'm like, like last year it was my Cardinals one that I said, I'm willing to pound the table and put, I think I put four units on it. And I just said, this is my bet. I'm doing it. But I think for us, we, we've said from the beginning, the NFL draft isn't really a place to make a ton of money unless, unless Jameer Gibbs goes to the Commanders. Oh, baby. Please, one time. Uh, if Jameer Gibbs goes to the Commanders and uh, Will Levis goes to the Patriots, it's going to be a pretty good time for me. Um, this one's from T. Reed 4. Are we still confident on the Paris Johnson bet? You want to explain what that was? Yeah, so like I said earlier, we took that at minus 125, and now it's at minus 175, so that makes me feel really good about it. But I could still see a path like an Armok where he drops you know, to 11, 12, 13 range, and then Skronsky's the first one off the board. So I don't necessarily think that's something that I would bet right now um, at minus 175. I think if you miss the number, it's probably not a bet anymore. The offensive lineman this year is, depending on who you talk to, Skronsky's hard because he's projects more as a guard so you're you kind of matters based on team fit like what what are they what's their scheme so i mean would it shock you if broderick jones went first as the first tackle or, or darnell Wright? darnell Wright wouldn't shock me i think broderick jones probably would i think he's a guy that there's been some buzz that he might fall a little bit that he's not highly valued relative to the other guys it's just speculation but I'd be shocked if it's him. Darnell Wright, though, like I said, he's been getting a lot of steam as a guy that's just screaming up draft boards. There's three or four tackles this year. There's not a clear-cut one, which is I, – yeah. I thought it would be – I thought Paris Johnson would separate, but he's still the batting favorite, but it's still hard. Next one from Dan Nolan. He says this, any specific player to team fits, of course, other than Bijan to Atlanta since we know that that's a lock already. Thanks. <laughs> which was funny. We Neither of us had Bijan. In this mock, where do you have him going? He's a seventh rounder. Dude's falling out of the draft. Nobody Not wants even this good. Guy. I mean, I wrote in my article uh, about how to sort through the stink of the NFL draft headlines because everyone heard Arthur Smith say, uh, what, this guy's intriguing? And yep. then they just went bananas for it. It's like, of course. Um, I think Bijan falls. I need to look at my board, but I think he falls to like around 19 or 20, somewhere around there. Yeah, I feel so stuck with where he might go. In my article that's out on the site today on Friday, I had him at Washington, and it's just because, you know, if he doesn't go to Atlanta, it's tough to see where he might fit in. But we've already talked about the connection with that GM and drafting running back, so I said, let's go with it and let's see what happens. But other specific player-to-team fits that I've seen that I actually kind of like, and I talked about it a lot, is the Jalen Carter stuff with either Seattle or Philly. I think he would fit their schemes perfectly. Yeah, my favorite ones when I looked at the board, Christian Gonzalez to the Lions felt like a really like astute pick. Like I think he can go there. Nolan Smith to the Falcons has gained a lot of steam like slowly over time where he's a top 10 guy. So I felt good about that. And then the Jalen Carter one. Uh, last question here. Thoughts on over three and a half receivers taken in round one. On DK, it was minus 115. So assuming JSN goes, Jordan Addison and Flowers go, do we really think Johnston falls to the second? Yeah, this line, and I talked about Johnson already, this line I think is perfect. And if it's minus 115 on both sides, I wouldn't touch it. If you can get plus money, though, I don't know where it's at right now, for under 3.5, I actually think that's a pretty good play. That scares me. It just scares me that there's a team in the back of the first round that could easily take a wide receiver and it get to 4. Um, there is one less team drafting in the first round. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but it does help us with the odds. 
what was it? The Dolphins forfeiting their pick. So, yep. I I I'm just not touching this line. I think that if you want to get cute and you want to pick the right team based on Zay Flowers or something, you could do fine. I have I had Jordan Addison going to the Vikings in mine, um, but I could see Flowers going there too. So, we'll see. If you want to get your questions, like I mentioned on Discord. Next week, we will have a real draft with real players taken, and Betts and I will get to give our reactions next week on the show. So, Betts, sign us off. Dude, I'm excited. We're finally here. We've got six days until the NFL draft, so make sure you're plugged in next week for all the content we have on the site, the main show, and then we're back with you guys the day after the first round to react to it all, give us some more of our best bets. We'll see you then. Enjoy the NFL draft. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.